And welcome back, everyone. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we thought we would take a look at the issue of breast cancer in a a light that is often not discussed. I mean, we're always talking about medical breakthroughs and uh, things that are helping women to deal with the disease itself, but not so much on the impact that the disease has on a woman's economic state and her economic future. Molly McDonald is our next uh, guest here on the Focus Show on WJR. She's the co-founder of the Pink Fund. Hello, Molly. Love to have you back on WJR. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, we always, look, we're always happy to talk about new advancements in mammography and uh, diagnostics for breast cancer, Uh, all the positive things that are happening uh, in the search for the cure with breast cancer. But I love talking to you about this because you talk about what's happening now, what's real for patients right now. These are figures from your website. You say 62% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. 21% of Americans don't even have a savings account. So when an average woman gets a diagnosis of breast cancer, what happens to her financial life? So I think the challenge for patients and their families is that, you know, there are medical costs involved in the treatment protocols. So you consider your uh, deductible in your co-pays. That's challenging enough, particularly depending on what time of your your diagnosed. If you're diagnosed late in the calendar year, that deductible is going to reset right again in January. So that can be extremely stressful for patients and families. Secondly, the treatment protocols for this disease are often extremely toxic physically and mentally, which impacts an individual's ability to work while in treatment. And so if they are fortunate enough to work for a company that offers an FMLA benefit, which means you can take up to 12 weeks off without pay, that allows them to kind of schedule their treatments, you know, back and forth as necessary, but that is without pay. So imagine most people in this country really can't go 12 weeks without pay. So we talk about financial toxicity is when the lack of income collides with high deductibles and co-pays and places patients in a very difficult position that impacts treatment adherence, can lead to medically related bankruptcy, And in the worst case, some women go back to work, stop treatment, and are at risk for earlier mortality. Yeah, they don't have much of a choice. Can you tell our listeners your story? Because you came to this uh, from personal experience. Yes. So I was diagnosed in the spring of 2005 at a time of job transition. I'd been through a financially devastating divorce, um, had to leave my marriage with five young children, had no child support, no alimony, no savings, and at the time was making about $60,000 a year. So I was about to take a new job with a new company, and I get this diagnosis, and I felt that ethically I had to inform them. I didn't want them to make an investment in me um, without knowing this information. And so we decided mutually it wasn't the best time to move forward. So that left me unemployed and unemployable. While I underwent two surgeries and um, six weeks of daily radiation. But what I talk about is that I had this early stage disease that was unlikely to take my life, but it took my livelihood. So without my income and the addition of a $1,300 a month COBRA premium, and remember, this is before the Affordable Care Act, so I couldn't change insurance companies. um, Our family was facing 
financial toxicity, a term that was not even coined until eight years later. So my home fell into foreclosure. I was at risk for vehicle repossession, utility shutoffs, and at the end of treatment, after with help from my mom, we rescued the home, I'm in line in the basement of a church pantry to help feed the family. So at that point, I'd met other working women like myself in the treatment waiting rooms who were making some of these, what I call egregious decisions about treatment adherence and going back to work. And I said to my new husband, we have to do something about that. So we bootstrapped this organization into existence solely on kind of a lick and a prayer in my belief that I could do it, despite the circumstances that would clearly say I couldn't. And we have now delivered, um, after next Monday, we will deliver it over $7.5 million in financial assistance to patients, creditors nationwide for housing, transportation, utilities, and insurance. Uh, that is astonishing, Molly. And you did it just because you thought you could. I That's just an amazing story. And also what I find interesting and what you really didn't mention in all of that was the fact that while you were dealing with all, you know, the nuts and bolts of the disease, I've got to get to treatment, I've got to get to radiation, I've got to have surgery, blah, blah, blah. These kids, uh, you know, the, all the things that involved the children and things that they were doing, you really needed to focus on getting well. What part of your, what part of the treatment is that you need to be in the right headspace to get well? And who's got that time when you have that all against you? You know, I would say for me that the financial worry and toxicity was worse than the treatment itself. Wow. And um, it did mess with me mentally. I remember thinking that my children would be better off if I wasn't around. I had taken out a half a million dollar term life insurance policy on myself with a very moderate um, monthly payment. And I just kept thinking, you know, well, maybe if I wasn't here, they at least wouldn't be homeless. But fortunately, with the help of friends, family, and my mom, we were able to kind of bridge that hurdle. And at Pink Fund, we talked to our about our program is a bridge. We're not solving the problem, but we're providing a financial bridge for 90 to 180 days and then helping patients to get support from other organizations. So tell us how the program actually works, because I, I understand it's a 90-day grant program. So what can a person, how does that work for them? So basically, the individual, and we've helped men as well, um, is in active treatment for breast cancer, which means they've had surgery, they're having chemo and radiation. It does not include what we call the five to 10 year prescription for an aromatase inhibitor, which is to help prevent recurrence. Somebody in the household has experienced a loss of income, either the patient or a spouse, domestic partner, that affects their household income and ability to pay their basic cost of living bills. They are living at or below 500% of the federal poverty level. And the beauty of this, and that, that chart is posted on our website, is that like other social net pro, um, programs for patients, we are able in some zip codes to include the middle class who are equally at risk because they're not eligible for other programs like Medicaid and food assistance and rent and housing assistance. So that's those are the three criteria, active treatment, loss of household income, and at or below 500% of the federal poverty level. The application is on the website and you just um, answer some pre-qualifying questions then we email you the application, um, and we will be going within a few months to a digital app, so it will make it a lot easier for patients. And then we have a committee of volunteers that comes in the second Monday of every month, reviews the applications for consideration, 
and makes funding decisions. And currently we're paying out somewhere around 100 to 110,000 a month in bills. And I, I, I've, I know you've posted this on social media. I mean, you literally write checks out to people mm-hmm. and then you put them in an envelope and, you know, mail them off in a lot of cases. I don't know if you do some of that electronically now, but it was, you know, that was always a big thing that you posted. I, until last month, I was signing all these checks, but it became a little unwieldy. But the beauty of paying the creditors directly is that we can report to our donors exactly where their dollars are going. So if you asked me, how many mortgage payments did you make to Wells Fargo in Oklahoma? We could tell you that, or in Michigan. Um, So we have a lot of data behind what we do. And I think that gives, particularly our larger donors, a lot of comfort knowing that we know where the money goes and we can share that with them. And you do have a lot of support from the community. I know, uh, just if you want to throw out a couple of names uh, of the big organizations that are supporting you. Yeah, well, one of the greatest miracles was um, in 2012, Ford Motor Company picked us up on the condition that we would become a national organization through their Warriors in Pink program. And curiously enough, I had put the Ford Blue Oval on a vision board in 2007, understanding that this mission and problem that I was trying to address was not relegated to the state of Michigan. So we're in the 12th year of that partnership, and the donations that come from Ford through the Warriors in Pink program are used solely for making transportation payments for cars to any creditor. So it doesn't just go to Ford credit. It's any any vehicle creditor the patient has. We also have a partnership with Snap-on Tools that's national. And then one of our most interesting ones that's really helped us bring in people that might not know about our program is a charity checkout in five states through Fleet Farms, which is a general farm store. So we're doing a lot of community outreach to rural and what we call unsupported communities. We have a community outreach coordinator, Rosalind Sample, who works with not only the black community, the Latina, Asian, indigenous peoples, um, oh, Asia, yeah, I said all that. And now she's starting to reach out to the LGBTQ community. So we've seen a 52% increase in requests for help since Rosalind started this program a year ago. You've got all the bases covered. Molly McDonald, the co-founder of the Pink Fund. If you don't know what the Pink Fund is, go to Pink, it's pinkfund.com. Or correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. And check it out. This is a very worthy organization started right here in the metropolitan Detroit area. Thanks, Molly. Thank you for joining us. And God bless you for all the good work you do. Oh, thank you, Marie. I hope that our talk helps somebody. Absolutely. They, they get reach out. Absolutely. Focus continues here on WJR. Stay with us.